you know, Pastor Corey's been on, um, on sabbatical, right, for the past few weeks, and he, he's on sabbatical until mid-July. And so when a pastor goes on sabbatical, a lot of other people right, have to pitch in with other things and, and just step up and, and, and do some other things um, in serving, serving the church. And, and we see that all in our church. We have a lot of people who serve, and they serve very faithfully, and we're so very thankful that we have a church that way. Um, one of the things, though, is, is preaching and, and filling the pulpit. And, and so from time to time, you know, we ask uh, guest speakers to come and preach. Not that often, right? But from time to time. And, um, and we have one of our own this morning who is going to uh, bring us God's word. And uh, he's a layman, a layperson, right? So that means he's got a regular job. <laughs> Uh, he's a, he tells me he's been a crane operator for a billboard company for about 25 years. Um, and uh, he grew up in La Puente, and uh, he, Vicky, and their family, they live here in West Covina. They've been here for about uh, 19 years, he said. Uh, Ruben, who I'm talking about, Ruben Romero this morning, and I'll call Ruben up. Uh, Reuben, you can go ahead and get Reuben and his uh, and Vicky. They became members um, earlier this year, um, and so they've been at the church for about a year, year and a half. So not too long, but they're very faithful. Um, they're very passionate about their love for the Lord, and, and they raised their family that way. And so we're thankful to hear Reuben share um, from Psalms. Right, we're going through a, a series on Psalms, bear before God, um, honesty before God. And Reuben's going to preach on Psalm 73. But, you know, before he does, let me just, uh, let us all uh, pray for Reuben this morning. Father, thank you for Reuben's heart, for you, Lord, and for his family um, as, a, as a dad and as a man of God. Lord, we ask that you would fill him, Lord, with your Holy Spirit. Um, fill him, anoint him, Lord, now to preach your word and to speak your words to us, Lord. We pray that we would open our hearts to whatever you have to say to us this morning through Reuben, and we ask that you would use him and he would speak with boldness, with conviction, with compassion, with sensitivity to your Holy Spirit. Lead him now in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, sure, a lot of you, thank you, uh, Pastor Darren, for the introduction. Maybe a lot of you don't know me. Um, uh, are surprised to see me up here? None more surprised than me. <laughs> but here I am, and uh, be careful what you what you pray for. Be careful what you ask of God. But today is a is a Father's Day. I just want to wish all you fathers uh, happy Father's Day. I'm a father myself. Both of my daughters are here. I. I wore my father's jacket. He's not with us anymore, but I wore his jacket. It's a little big, but um, he was he he was a he was a great father. You know, he he wasn't um, perfect, but none of us are. And if you talk to my daughters, I'm sure they'll tell you a lot of stories about me not being perfect. But I want to encourage all you younger fathers. 
because you're not going to be perfect either. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have questions. You're going to have failures, some small ones, some big ones. But I want to encourage you, even you uh, future fathers, you know, always, you know, seek God's word. Try to um, try to put put what he's what he tells us to practice. And don't be afraid to seek the wisdom of, of some of the you know older fathers, maybe your father, maybe some maybe some men here in the church. Don't be afraid to ask questions and and seek that wisdom out. You can't you know you can't Google everything. Google can't answer everything. You know we were talking about that last night, and and every situation is different. And I'm sure uh, Pastor Darren and Myself and a lot of a lot of Pastor Corey, a lot of um, fathers here would be happy to um, share in their mistakes, and maybe you know you could learn from our mistakes instead of uh, making your own. Uh, I encourage you, and I, I I wish you the best of luck. And if you, as long as you keep God first, you keep if you keep love. If whatever you're doing for your kids is out of love. It's going to be all right. They're going to, they may go away for a season, but with God, they'll come back. So I, I, both of my daughters are here. So <laughs> that, I'm thankful for that. And let's get into the word here. We're going to read, uh, as Pastor Darren said, Psalm 73. And uh, I kind of titled it, um, Why Not Me, Lord? Uh, it's it's a it's definitely a rich uh, chapter, and we're also going to keep in mind in the back of our minds the uh, what Stephen brought us uh, brought us into last week when he introduced us introduced this series of psalms uh, uh, being bare before God. So let's as we read the the chapter, let's try to keep that in, in our in our minds. About what it means. And for me, being bare before God means to be totally honest and forthcoming with God. So as we as we read this, we're gonna find out that the uh, the the psalmist who uh, is not David in this psalm it is uh, Asaph, who is a, a uh, I think a lead and maybe a prophet. They, they think he was a prophet um, for David, and, and um, we're going to see how he gets mad at God, and he expresses that, and how he feels cheated by God, and, and we're also going to see God's, we're going to find out God's reaction towards it. So let's pray as we, we, as we get into the word. Lord, we just come before you right now, Father. We thank you for this time. We thank you for this beautiful day. We pray. We lift up the fathers here, Lord God. We thank you for their dedication. We thank you for their for doing your work as you as you charge them with raising their your your children, Father. And we we put a hedge of protection over them, Lord God. We pray for um, clarity and vision and and wisdom, Lord God. We we thank you for them, Lord. We pray. Lord God, that you would just open our minds and our hearts this morning to receive your word. And uh, uh, as J.R. Was, was singing about, 
I pray that, that my, the words in my mouth and the, and the meditation of my heart is pleasing to you, Lord. We thank you, Father God. We come against uh, pride. We come against, Lord, um, confusion. And we just lift up your word and we lift up you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so we're going to start off uh, reading. And it's, it's sort of a long chapter. It's got, I think, 28 verses. And I, I, as going through, you know, I was going through it, I felt like, um, you know, I kind of was thinking about edit, editing it down. But it's kind of tough to do with this chapter because it's, you know, you, you kind of got to get the whole, the whole picture that, that Asaph is laying out for us in order to, to get what he's thinking. And then in the end, hit the, you know, how, he, how it comes, comes around in the end. So uh, we're going to start off in verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 3, first of all. Uh, it's Psalms chapter 73, Psalm 73, verses 1 through 3. And it begins, uh, Surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So in the beginning, he starts off and he, he knows, you know, he, he realizes and, and he knows that God is good to his people. He knows that, that if, you have a, if you have a good heart, that God's going to be good to you. You know, and it's the people of Israel, God's chosen people. So he knows that. But still he goes on to say that, that he was envious of the wicked because of their... Um, their prosperity. And, and, you know, he's sharing his, his innermost thoughts and feelings, and that's, that's part of being. He's opening up and he's starting to bear, his, bear himself to God. And how many of us can relate to those feelings, you know? We all know um, a family, let's say, or, or a friend, who's got it all, you know, it seems like they got it all, they got the great job, you know, they're like, oh yeah, I worked uh, four hours this week, I'm making all this money, that doesn't include my bonus, my, my company card, and my company uh, car, my company credit card, and, uh, you know, maybe the, the wife is, uh, you know, always doting on him and serving him, and, and maybe the husband is, you know, buying her jewelry or taking her on fancy vacations, and and of course, the kids are excelling in everything. They're the best player on the baseball team. They got the best into the best schools, and they have a beautiful home. They got a nice car, a couple of nice cars in the driveway. And how do we know all this about these people? Well, we see it on their social media. You know, you go, you click on their Facebook page, and it shows all their pictures and all the, all these things. And we're like, man. How come they have that? They're not, they don't even know God. They're not even serving God. You know, why, 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 aren't I, why don't I have that, God? I'm, I'm serving you. You know, and you see it on social media, so it's got to be true, right? You know, all that stuff, it's got to be true. I mean, people don't lie on social media, so, you know, it's, it's all that stuff. It's got to be right. You know, but... That's, that's what Asaph is feeling as he's writing this to God. You know, that, that was going on then. 
you know, just like it's going on now. And he, and he had that, that he almost lost his salvation through that envy. He says, my feet almost, what did you say? My, my feet had almost slipped and I nearly lost my foothold. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about his, his, him standing with God. He's, he's, he almost lost that because he was so envious of, these, of his friends and these people that have everything and, and are not even um, following God. Uh, read on uh, chapter, verse 4. We're going to go 4 through 12, and we'll, we'll, we'll hear more about how lucky these um, wicked people are. Asaph, you, you'll hear his, um, his, you know, how he feels cheated by God and how he's, he's mad, mad at God. He says, they have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from the burdens common to man. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. The evil conceits of their minds know no limits. They scoff and speak with malice. In their arrogance, they threaten oppression. Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possession of the earth. Therefore, their people turn to them and drink up waters in abundance. They say, how can God know? Does, God, does the Most High have knowledge? And he says, this is, this is what the wicked are like. Always carefree. They increase in wealth. So he, he's saying, God, these, these godless people have everything. And more importantly, they have everything that I don't have. You know, and that's, that's the, you know, underlying message. You know, these are things that he's envious of. These are things that he's, he want, wishes he had, but he doesn't have. You know, he even says, they don't even get sick. You know, because we're believing the, the front that we see, we don't see the troubles behind the, behind the scenes of, that everybody has. Everybody has troubles. Everybody has gets sick. They even questions God's. They even question God's wisdom, and they're still prosperous. And if you read uh, in verse nine, it says, "Their mouths lay claim to heaven, and their tongues take possessions of the earth." And that's that's. To me, that reminds me of like, let's say these um, televangelists or, or prosperity preachers that. Yeah, I call them. It's like, you know, they're they're talking, you know, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna go to heaven. I'm I'm one of God's people, but all they can think about is the treasures on earth, what they have on earth, trying to get more on earth, trying to get what you have, even though they have more than you, on earth. You know, that's that's a um, that verse kind of hit me hard. Um, I mean. In the end, he says, they increase in wealth. I said that the other day, and the rich get richer. You know, we were talking about these, the gas prices and the, the um, oil companies and how they were going to give um, stock buybacks in the billions at the, at the end of the year. You know, these rich people who are already 
filthy rich, you know? And that's what it is. The rich get richer. And he's sitting there in amazement and, and just wondering, like, why, Lord? Why, why, is, why them? And why not me? I, I'm one of your children. I'm yours. I mean, this psalm could have been written yesterday. It could have been written today by any one of us here. It's, it's, it's so, you know, relevant today. And especially, probably more so with social media, because, you know, people aren't going to put on there, oh, I, I lost my, my car got repoed today. They're not going to put that on Facebook. They're going to put all their, all their good stuff so people can say, wow, wow, you know? And that's what happens. We do. We do that. We fall into that trap. And, it's not, and let's be careful that we don't, our feet don't slip. And we, and we go that way because it doesn't just happen. It doesn't, just, doesn't happen like, oh, I'm envious of him, so now I'm going to stop going to church, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over here and do, I mean, maybe, maybe um, very rarely it happens like that, but most of the time it happens like, Man, I want I want uh, a, a new BMW too, and I should probably start working more, so I can get that. And and the the more you work, the less time you have for your family, the less time you have to be here, the less time you have to be with God in prayer and and uh, reading His Word. And that's how it, that's how you get you start slipping. That's how you go the, go, you know, before you know it. You're never going to church. You're never going to Bible study. But you're driving that BMW, and that's, that's how it happens. So let's, you know, let's be careful. Let's, let's not worry about the, these um, treasures that, peop- that, that people are storing here. God tells us to store our treasures in heaven. Amen? It's a, it's a, um, it's a hard thing to do. Because we're so short-sighted, but we have to look at the bigger picture. You know, uh, we were talking about this chapter. I was talking with Pastor Darren, and it reminded me of when, when, when you're in high school, and you know, when you're in high school, that's everything. Like your friends, your you forget about you know your parents. You forget about your chores, you forget about everything you want, you know, you just want the right shoes, you want the right clothes, you want the right haircut, your hair's not right that day, you're not going to go to school. It's like, we forget, in in those years, you know, that's like our friends are everything, our, you know, oh, what are you going to do? Oh, you know, let's go, let's ditch, or let's do this, or let's do that, or, you know, we're going to go to this party, or whatever it might be. And you're like, yeah, you want to be in the middle of that because at that time, that's everything. You can't miss anything that your friends are doing or you're going to be, you know, in, in your room crying or, or depressed. You want to do everything your friends are doing because that's, that's your whole world. Then when you get out of high school, you know, a little bit of time, and like me, I'm, I'm 51, so high school was a blink of an eye. When you think about it, it was a moment in time. And none of those things that happened in high school, well, one of them's here, but, okay, two of them. But 
they, they, they don't really matter, you know? If, you don't even remember if you, if you, you know? It doesn't, didn't ma- doesn't matter what went on then, that what's going on in, in your life now. There was no relevance. Unless, of course, you, you got bad grades, then that probably, that probably matters. But to most of us, that wasn't the forefront. That wasn't, that wasn't the priority. It was just, you know, being at the right place with the right people, wearing the right clothes, driving the right car. All of this that this guy is talking about, Asaph is talking about, you know. And that's what God, that's what God wants us to know is this life, although you live 80 years, that's a long time. Some of us, some people here are past that. And, hey, thank God for that. But, you know, even 80, 90, 100 years is a blink of an eye to God, to, to uh, eternity. And that, that's what God, that's why God tells us, store your treasures in heaven and not here on earth. Because the treasures here on earth are going to be, they're going to be gone. And forget about them. It's not going to matter if you had the BMW if you're not if you're apart from God. And that's the goal, and that's the end goal is is to be with God. And you'll see the the, the psalmist come around here in verse thirteen, thirteen and fourteen. He says, "Surely in vain have I kept my heart pure. In vain have I." my hands in innocence all day long I have played I have been played and I have been punished for every morning I mean drama you know it's like all day long I played I've been punished every morning you know chances are that's not true but you know when we're when we're um, pleading our case sometimes we exaggerate I always tell, tell people, you know, there's three sides of the story. Their side, your side, and the truth. Because, you know, like Asaph's telling his side right now. And, you know, it's partly true and partly exaggerated. So now we see this, where his feet begin to slip, you know. He's like, surely in, in vain I kept my pure heart. I, in vain, I washed my hands. Like, in other words, man, I, I've been serving you, Lord. I've been trying to do what you want me to do, and it's not working for me. I'm not, I'm not su- being successful. I'm not um, prospering. Like, he's thinking like, like he sees the wicked prospering. You know, he's like, all of this for nothing. You know, I, all I get is plagues and punishment. You know, but... In reality, you know, everybody has problems. Even that, even those people that we read about, or, or that we see on the on perfect families that we see on uh, on our Facebook or or uh, social media, they got problems. Because what happens? You read about the vacation in Hawaii and all the pictures, and then two months later, two months later, they're getting a divorce. Two months la- two months later. It's like the, 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 the kids run away from home. Why? Because the, their priorities are not, not in, in line with God's. Their priorities are 
you know, number one, attaining these worldly possessions, attaining these treasures here on earth. But number two, putting it out there to other people to make themselves look good, to make themselves seem maybe better, maybe what more well off. Maybe they have a better relationship with their kids. Maybe they have a better marriage. When it's all a fallacy, it's all, it's all a lie. <clears throat> in verse 15 through 17, now we'll see him turn around. We're going to see he comes back. And he says in 15, he says, If I had said, I will speak thus, I would have betrayed your children. In other words, if I would have told all this, these, this uh, to your children, I would have betrayed them. When I tried to understand this, it was oppressive to me. He's trying to wrap his head around, why me? Or why not me? And he can't understand it. He was like, he was, he was oppressed by it, by just thinking about it. He was weighed down, just thinking about why he didn't have what they had and why he was uh, plagued and punished, like the, and they weren't. But in verse 17, he says, Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. And that's, that's where God wants us. That's God wants us, where God wants us to be. That's where he's going to give us um, understanding. How many times, you know, when you're praying or reading or meditating or, or listening to somebody does God reveal things to you? You know, just just walking around, you know, you're meditating on, you know, and it happens to me, you're meditating on, you know, why does God not want us to do A? Or why does God not want us to, to do B? And you're meditating on it, thinking about it. And because you're, you're thinking about it and meditating on God's word, he reveals, he reveals himself to you. He... he gives you those answers that maybe you haven't gotten from, you know, uh, your Bible study teacher or, or, you know, from reading the Word. But God is, when you're meditating, that's where God wants us. God wants us meditating on Him and His Word, and then He reveals Himself to us. And that's where, that's where Asaph is at right now. Because he, he tried to justify it in his own mind. He tried to, um, you know, with, with his own understanding. And what does it, God say? Lean not on your own understanding. And this is, what, this is why. Because we can't comprehend it. But when you start thinking, you know, if, when you start thinking with, in God's, with God's ways, then you start to understand things. You go, oh, okay. A lot of people say, He'll give you the desires of your heart. But what does the beginning of that verse say? It says, I believe, um, turn, you know, turn your, your, your ways to, to God, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I'm sure that's not uh, word for word, but that's what he's, say, that's what he's saying. He said, once you, once you turn to God, then he's going to give you desires. Because, you know, the Bible says our, our heart is wicked. So he's not going to give you things that are wicked until you turn 
Turn to him. Then he's going to give us the, de- the desires of our heart. And the last, um, I'm going to read the last 10 verses. Do I have them? Okay. 18 through 28 says, uh, um, and this is, you, you'll see he's, he's, this is after he's had his epiphany and he's coming around and he's, he's going, surely you placed them on, you placed them on slippery ground. Before he was on slippery ground. Now he says, surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly are they destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. As a dream when one awakes, so when you arise, O Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless. See, this is him right here bearing himself to, to God. He says, when my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. He's admitting, you know, he came to God, you know, not in a good way. He says, but you guide me with your counsel, and afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So see, he's saying, yeah, you know, I may get sick. You know, my, 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 my knee's not that good. But you know what? God is my strength and my portion forever. So he's not worried about these, these worldly things anymore, not even his own health and his, his body. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord refuge. I will tell of all your deeds. See, so he came full circle now. He's started off mad at God. He started off, you know, um, feeling cheated by God. Then he had his epiphany. And now he's going, okay, I got it. I got it, God. You know, my, my, my treasure aren't here. My hope isn't, isn't in this earth. Our hope is, is in heaven. And he's, he sees and he understands the true fate of the wicked. And all of a sudden, he's not so envious of, of, their, of what the wicked have or what they, what they're, where they're going, especially. He feels remorse towards God as he bears himself. And, and he's like, he, he bears himself to God. And, he's, and he's, he feels, in the end, he feels like he's back in joy. He's back where he belongs. He's back in the comfort and the, and the, the love of God. He's back in the fold. It's like making up with someone after you get mad, you know, only way better. You know, it's... it's and that's why we should always be forthcoming and honest with God. We should always bear ourselves to God because he's faithful to, to welcome us back. And he's faithful to answer our questions. I said we would hear, we would see God's, um, God's reaction to Asaph being mad at him and being uh, uh, cheated by him and lashing out at him. And what was his reaction? Was his reaction to uh, 
smite him, to hit him with lightning, to give him a, a, a disease, which he could have done all those things. No, because, because he came to God for the answer. So his reaction was to answer his questions. And that's what he wants to do for us. He wants to answer our questions when we come to him bare and we bear our souls. And when we bear, when, when, when you're honest and forthcoming like that, we all know when you're, you know, when you're caught in a lie and then you're honest, it's, it, there's freedom in that. That's the freedom that God wants to give us. There's freedom in being bare before God. There's freedom in being honest and forthcoming with God because he's, he's, he's good because God is good and he wants nothing but good for us and he loves us. So he wants us to enter his sanctuary and draw near to him so he can draw near to us. And I wrote down um, seven ways how f- that freedom, you know, uh, just benefits us and, and, and why God wants us to, to, to bear ourselves to him. And the first one is, uh, you know, we have the freedom to question and qu- even question God because if you seek him, you'll find answers. You have the, the freedom to be mad just like Asaph was because in him you'll find joy. You have the freedom to feel weak because in, in him there's strength. You have the freedom to feel sorry for ourselves you know, like Asaph was, you know, he was really feeling sorry for, his, for himself. But God exudes empathy, and he gives us authority in him. We have the freedom to, to feel unrighteous. Why? Because, because of him, we are righteous. We have the freedom to feel unworthy because his sacrifice paid the price. And most of all, I think most, most importantly for me, you know, we have the freedom to admit sin. And we're all sinners. Because his death gave us salvation and eternity with him and his father. And so I, I, I hope that all of us here see the, um, see the benefits and the, and the, although it's hard, but we see the benefits and we see the, the potential and we see the, the hope that, that God has for us when we are bare, when we do bare our soul to him. When we come before God and we're honest and we're forthcoming, it's, it's, it's so free, it's so freeing. And I invite everybody here to, uh, to do that when the prayer counselors come up. I invite everybody here. They'll, they'll be here to uh, pray with you and uh, guide you in that, in that regard. Or if you have you know, something or someone you want prayed for, you can come up and they'll pray for you. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to close in prayer. Thank you for this day, Lord. We pray that... Um, that hearts were touched, Father God, that your words uh, um, 
just we're, we're edifying for, for everyone here, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for all that you do for us and all that you do for the church here, Lord God. We pray for uh, Pastor Corey as he's uh, away. We pray for Pastor Darren as he's, um, he takes, takes over over here for a while. And, and we lift up all the, the rest of the leaders here. We pray that they would just, uh, just be in your word and be in your, in your uh, presence. Come to the, the sanctuary of God like Asap did, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for today. We, we praise you in Jesus' name, Lord. Amen.